Hi, everyone. It's the Dr. Denise Show, the Creative Mind series. Today, we are all in sacred remembrance of Martin Luther King Jr. Over the weekend, I received a very touching and uplifting email with Thomas Lane's music that honors Martin Luther King. And I'm very, very grateful, Thomas, to have you here today to celebrate. Thank you. I'm honored to be here, truly. Oh, my goodness. So one of the reasons why I wanted to have you back, I just didn't know it was back on the show. I didn't know it was going to be today was because there's (laughs) so many facets of Thomas Lane. And I believe that sometimes if we get too much excitement at once, we're not able to ingest what we're listening to or reading or seeing. So I was very moved and I've already shared today on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn, your song and music video King. Wondering if you want to introduce that and share that with us. Absolutely. Um, Hi folks. Hope everybody's having a good day. This is a very special day for me. This is kind of my inner Christmas, this Martin Luther King day. Um, He's meant so much to me. I I can barely discuss it without kind of getting choked up a bit. But he was terribly important and still is in my development. And it's not like I know, I haven't studied his, his life. I'm not grounded in in uh, lots of information but i am full of emotion and and thoughts about him and so i thought i'd start out by playing that song which came to me oh a, a few years ago when i was thinking about him and my debt to him for being who he was and sharing all his his magic and his grace uh and his unending desire to uplift this planet um And it's just called King. on 
such a visceral emotional tears listening and so many emotions I felt as though I was there with you on the day you found out that Martin Luther King had passed I I travel back I am I'm an empath so I feel feelings and I know the universe of time is timeless and I just the your voice, the words, the lyrics, really sitting here with you in this moment, sharing it is very touching for me. Me too. Me too. I I I got chills. It's it's the one song, one of maybe three songs that it, when I have done them publicly, I can't get through it. And the tears that I feel, they're not sorrow. They're not joy. They're they're there's no name for it. It's just vast. Well, I actually I'm getting almost like tears for humanity, 
tears for justice. It's like something bigger. Words can't explain it. It's in an ethereal way. And that, that feeling, that feeling of, you know, the lyrics like blue skies full of holes. It's like such a juxtaposition to be looking at maybe nature and beauty and then imagine like imagining such a level of suffering or loss or injustice. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And, 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 you know, it is a blue skies full of holes. I cried beside the radio. That's from the very, very big, as you just explained, to the very um, specific and the very grounded human experience that I was, I lost a friend and a, a close friend and a mentor. When is your, tell us your journey of your knowing and respecting Martin Luther King. Well, actually, as you know, um, recently, I mean, very recently, within the week, uh, I was thinking about King and the upcoming um, celebration. And I was remembering when I first met him, which is met him in the in the metaphorical sense, uh, was at the March on Washington. And I and I wrote a piece about that. And I actually could share it with you and the audience if that works for you. That would be fantastic. All right. Thank you. So it's just called the March on Washington. Maybe like you, on my journey towards clarity, there have been moments in my life where conflict and trouble seem to melt away, leaving nothing but a bright constellation of formerly broken pieces in alignment, sometimes magical, sometimes comical, always profound. There was a singular event that happened in my early teens when this experience occurred and became a kind of North Star for my life. I was not alone. The same occasion impacted millions of others who bore witness to the spectacle now etched in the history of our progress as a people, simply referred to as the March on Washington. Racism. The word itself seems bitter on the tongue. Even as a child growing up in a progressive household, I could feel my stomach tighten when the subject came up, an instinctual outrage erupting over the cruelty and injustice to our Black brothers and sisters instigated by a poisonous gene in our nation's DNA. These horrors were discussed frequently with my family at the dinner table, particularly with my activist mother who, despite being a kind and compassionate woman, was privately a soul plagued by deep depressions, I mean suicidal, who had lost the capacity for hope. But then it became 1963, the moment in time when the cultural tsunami of the 60s was beginning to take shape, gaining conviction as across the globe, invading countries, disrupting the carefully mapped blueprints for lives of quiet desperation. This cause, call for change came to me via books and music and Eastern thought. In wave after wave of new perspectives, it pounded against the thin shell of my white middle-class childhood, demanding something new and different. 
an activity, a state of mind, but remain formless until finally crystallizing into a single objective, join the march on Washington. So on August 28th, 1963, I did so. Early that morning, a friend and I made the long journey from New Haven to DC. I didn't inform my parents I was going. I simply made up a short story and went. My reasoning was simple and telling. I wanted to avoid my mother's negativity, tainting my experience. I tried brushing away my guilt for this, for this as I boarded the bus, but it accompanied me throughout the long, bumpy ride. Much of the detail and circumstance have fled from memory, but what thundered across my world was the awesome fact that I was there. I had arrived. I was in Washington, D.C., taking a stand with my brothers and sisters. Metaphorically speaking, I was joining a march that I had been part of ever since the day I learned how to walk. Stepping down from the bus, I was immediately caught up in the jubilations of a kindred cause, the sight and sound of thousands and thousands of individuals flooding the National Mall, a pilgrimage transcending personal agendas to stand shoulder to shoulder with complete strangers, streaming down from hills, stepping across roads to assemble in solidarity before a small stage cluttered with microphones and officials, all overseen by the watchful eye of the Lincoln Memorial. And there we were, carrying banners, singing gospels and folk songs with a purposeful joy that spread across this diversity of the human spirit, swollen with this moment of unity. Thereafter, the inspiration rained down. Talks by John Lewis and Roy Wilkins, performances by Mahalia Jackson, Marian Anderson, Peter, Paul and Mary, Bob Dylan, Joan Baez, to name a few, all setting the stage an emotional crescendo to introduce me to the man who would become mentor and hero, the Reverend Martin Luther King. It was here that he gave his I Have a Dream speech, solidifying his meaning for this moment in time that would echo his message for us for generations to come. I listened with my heart as he guided us through his vision, his commitment to peace and brotherhood and nonviolence and his call from the mountaintop, free at last, free at last. It was an epiphany for me. The puzzle had called its pieces, letting my inner troubled fragments settle into something that was whole and lit. Somewhere during this moment, I spotted a woman sitting alone beside the reflecting pool, looking out on the Washington Monument. Somehow familiar? Stepping closer, I recognized and approached. Standing behind her, smiling with tears in my eyes, I reached around my mother's thin frame and cupped her eyes with my hands. In a shaky voice, I said, guess who? She didn't have to guess. Without a word, she reached out to touch my hand with her hand, a mother's tenderness, then turned sideways to catch my eye. The look that passed between us over a half century ago 
is still traveling within me now as I read these words. I am smiling <laughs> so big. I can't even imagine what it would be like after you boarded that bus in secrecy and then to see that common golden thread of love, social activism, like in their core DNA, but just like living proof. It's like, there's your mom. I mean, wow. You got it. And, and, and when I was writing this, I didn't realize that those two golden threads, as you call them, my relationship with my mother and this, this sudden epiphany with everyone joining in and showing love and being love. Uh, these two moments, the, the moment with my mother would never have happened except for Dr. King and all the, the voices and heartbeats that I was feeling at that moment. And I still think of it, and I've talked to her about it. She's departed now. Uh, and she, every time we go over our, our past together, she brings up that moment where, for her, because she was a big activist and I was a budding one, our relationship knitted together along with the universe, as far as I was concerned at that moment. What really struck me was the line, it was an epiphany for me. The puzzle had called its pieces, letting my inner troubled fragments settle into something whole and lit. Right when I heard you read those words, I felt as though like the light switch went on, the sense of purpose, the sense of unity, the sense of being being part of a greater collective, like something that words, is that how you were feeling in that moment? Oh, exactly. Absolutely. So I feel like we should be, and I think you do, I think in the earth world of holidays, celebrations, you know, you said this was like, I always say like when it's like my universe lottery, when I'm having like the funnest <laughs> day or like, this is like Christmas. <laughs> right. And when, and I feel like, yay, Thomas and I get to talk today on the actual day. So there's reverence to celebrating things, to really lifting up and doing it on certain days. But I feel like the story, the song, the vibration, the, the call to social justice is part of your thread every day of the year. I is there. Uh, some days it's more accessible than other days, I have to be honest. But what what that moment of epiphany and what epiphanies can do is that they they serve as a north star. They they serve as a guiding point, at least for me, in, in that and that what what uh Martin Luther King was all about hope. He was about hope despite all reasons not to. He was about hope despite, you know, being beaten up by by police and and white supremacists. And he just kept persisting. And, you know, I had the sense with with him that he knew this was going to be lead to his death and that he was going to be martyred. And he didn't shy away from it. And he just kept doing it. And he he carried that huge sense, even when he was talking, you know, about laws and and the details. So 
so yeah so it it is uh that that sense of we can do this uh we must we must carry on until the work is done and yes make it a joyful joyful piece of our day i have to say that when the free at last free at last mm. and that is also i noticed that's in your march on washington and also in the song lyrics um it's how it ends i think even the words free at last that's loaded yeah because what is freedom i mean we're living on planet earth and you know i like to say that earth can be the playground the battleground the armageddon and there's moments moment to moments in our human existence that are crisis stabilization and thrive moments and music takes it up like many universe notches because there's the feelings, the response, but the linear language just on its own is so flat. And when I see free at last, I, I just feel like in the last, I would say four to five years or longer, I, I know people have felt a little bit disillusioned, like, you know, there's days where there's hope, but then there's days where it's like, how far have we really come? Absolutely. So I'm wondering if, you know, you and I said we were going to have an organic talk and just let it flow. But I think when we're looking at your unique experience of the March on Washington, other people listening to your lyrics. Now, I was not here on earth yet at that time. Mm -hmm. So it's really amazing for me when I was here reading, listening to your words in real time, mm -hmm. I traveled back with you. Yeah. But I'm wondering how this relates to how you're feeling in this moment of 2023 and what you've done with social activism and with everything that Martin Luther King Jr. has inspired you in this lifetime? Good question. Um, I also wanted to say that, that coming from back then when I was very young, um, when I would say the word love or peace or whatever, it wasn't that that this was uh, untrue, but I didn't understand what those words meant. And in in the decades to follow, I would still say the goal hasn't changed: love and peace and light. But with that carries all this tremendous amount of struggle and growth and hope and disappointment. And so those words have a com a much richer, profound, they were true then, but only true in that light. So, you know, you, you keep following that and you find out it means different things and much broader things, but those things have served me and I have tried to live them out. Um, you know, I'm, I have my good days and bad days, but it has become that this is why I think I'm here anyway, which is to contribute, um, contribute whatever it is in my DNA, which may be different from your DNA or Joe's DNA or, but to carry that same, that same hope about self-realization, which becomes planet realization if enough people get on board, but it, it's, ex it's expressed so differently or it can be. And so so not to be limited 
in and and this is my take not to be limited in how i experience it but to see beneath the whatever the barnacles <laughs> of suffering uh to the beauty of the soul um and that takes work and that takes kindness and that takes courage but i try to do it i have a 501c3 organization based on my mother's work uh, her pen name was helen hudson uh she is helen lane she has departed um but i i got by the some... way wait 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 what would your mom if your mom could join us right now in the physical hmm. way what do you hmm. think she might say right now remember the homeless she she became i mean as i said by the has, way i just got a lightning bolt chill in the arm like hey yeah <laughs> yeah yeah mm -hmm, proud of you son okay yeah. <laughs> remember the homeless okay yeah, don't forget the whole i mean she she was she was uh, she was a relentless i call her a relentless activist because she recorded for the blind she went on marches for peace she went to selma she did interviews for with the homeless. I mean, she was all over the place. At the same time, she was she was uh, prone to very deep depressions. Well, and so, you know, when I just and, got uh, oh, when please. I wait, yeah, when I, I I want you to when you in your eloquent march on Washington mm -hmm. described the frail woman, and then you realized yeah. it was your mom. Yeah. I also felt that she was so deeply connected in her own feeling experience as an empath that she felt that her, this is just what I'm perceiving, that mm -hmm. she felt the weight of the world. She had so much compassion because mm -hmm. there's different understandings of depression. I'm a psychiatrist. I'm an integrative psychiatrist. And I like to think of things as universal thoughts of Western and Eastern. And I just, from everything I've gathered logically, but also what I felt in your words, it sounds like your mom felt the weight of all the sufferings of the world and did not know how to almost like just get access her own self-care to separate from all the suffering of humanity. I don't know if I'm right or wrong. It just feels like it was really intense for her. Um, you're, they're both true. She, she had um, self, her own inflicted self-doubts and self this and that, but she also had a huge heart. You're absolutely right. And sitting in that moment when she was surrounded by people who were hopeful and, and enjoying this moment, she was lit. She herself mm, had lit. Beautiful. And this was one of the things that brought us together because she was outside her other self, as was I. I was bigger than my, you know, my problems with her. And she was bigger than her problems with whatever. And we had that moment where we were both a little bit outside. And that was part of the golden moment that we both had. So you're right. I mean, she was. She suffered for everyone. But she also... She just and she she had trouble with just being happy. She she didn't mm -hmm. know that her own internal language. She was not part of the generation that was, you know, looking within and figuring things out. So prior to getting on show today and your excitement and you've shared the March on Washington, your amazing song and song lyrics, you said you have some favorite quotes 
from uh, Martin Luther King, would this be a good time to go just explore that and like what inspired you and have a discussion? Yeah, but you know what? I, I mean, I would love your take on some of these. Okay. Um, because because you're you and you have such a unique way of seeing things. And I yeah, I printed out a bunch of quotes. I collect quotes. I love quotes. They lift you out of the moment uh, of uh, if one is internally, uh, you know, spinning wheels to read something from Gandhi or King or, you know, um, Jimmy Durante um, gives you a moment of levity. But the one that I'm interested in right now is this one. Martin Luther King said, injustice wherever, sorry, injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. So how do you take that? Well, I I have multiple ways I want to respond to that. So first of all, I think that when individuals thrive, we all thrive. So it's almost like it's common that complements it. Mm -hmm. So when you as an individual are healthy and well, we're here on earth, but as a collective of 8 billion human beings, no matter what our race, gender, socioeconomic, sexuality mm -hmm. classes, it's a ripple effect of energy. Yes. So there's there's linear examples we could give throughout history, whether it be for race, for pol political beliefs, gender, sexuality of times where there's actual case law injustices. And but then there's actually if we want to start to view ourselves as a collective one humanity and that the energy vibration of all sentient beings. And by the, by the way, for me, the way I view things is the universe mindset. I'm not, earth doesn't make sense to me at times. I know I'm here, I'm human, but I like to call it the universe game. And I like to think of you as a universe, myself as a universe. And that ties back to perception. Yeah. And that I believe we all have our own unique, what I've coined as our own neuro style, embrace your neuro style and beyond. And that's very multidimensional, biological, psychological, social, cultural, spiritual, and sixth sense intuition. So when you read a phrase that has to do with justice, it's it's like um, a feeling hit. It's a betrayal. It's it's something that if, if it could happen to them, it might happen to you. Mm -hmm. So we don't know. Well, maybe we do if we plan our, some people believe that we plan our earth human lives before we come into our costume, so to speak. So yeah. when you go back to, can you read the phrase, just read it, read it profoundly one more time about the justice. Sure. Injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. See, so from a philosophical standpoint, if we don't know how we're being born onto planet earth, whether we have a handicap, mental health issue, um, the color of our skin, our gender, our sexuality, I think the best way, and I'm not saying it has to be socialism because I know we live in a capitalistic society, but when you talk about the integrity of human rights and the integrity of being treated in a way that's just, that comment is for all kind. And I, I wrote a spiritual mission statement in 2015 about love all kind and I capitalized it and I actually will be doing some things with that this year, but it was such a sacred prayer to the universe for me that all sentient beings have value. The earth has value. So 
that's what that means to me. Wow, you should be a talk show host. <laughs> oh, thank you. Great answer. You're fun. But it's just my real answer. It's my yeah. real truth. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I would I would uh, I'm I'm with you on all of the only, the only other piece I would add to that is when people do acts of kindness or you know the 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 poor man is asking for money and you look at him and you and you just I know this is some people say it's wrong or bad, but I just want to give something that that spirit of generosity. And he says, oh, it's nothing. It means nothing. It does mean it, it means everything. It's just what that quote is talking about by helping one person in one what seemingly might be a small capacity becomes a big capacity. But because this is this is the, in terms of your universe mind. This is affecting all universes. The small act is not a small act. Correct. The small act is a great act and a courageous act. It takes as much courage for some people to walk across a crowded street on a walker as it does for someone to storm a, a enemy outpost of machine gun nest. It's really relative. And so by by risking yourself and, and offering something that's kind and decent and but then poo-pooing it because it's small doesn't make a difference is untrue it makes a difference i agree do you <laughs> want to do another quote yeah how about okay. this one okay martin luther king says forgiveness is not an occasional act it is a constant attitude okay so I have to just be in the moment. The minute you said the word forgiveness, I turn my seat around in my home office and I just need to share what the Dalai Lama says about that because I have it up on my wall. Okay. Cool. Forgiveness. It would be much more constructive if people tried to understand their supposed enemies. Learning to forgive is much more useful than merely picking up a stone and throwing it at the object of one's anger. The more so when the provocation is extreme, for it is under the greatest adversity that there exists the greatest potential for doing good, both for oneself and others. Amen. And read the phrase again, like we did before, because I want to weigh in as well. But the, right when you said that, I thought, oh my goodness, I've got to read the forgiveness, what I have right here. So just being real. So read it one more time. Sure. Forgiveness is not an occasional act. It is a constant attitude. So I believe that forgiveness is a gift back to ourselves because if you're in a space of anger or upset, now I'm not saying we're not allowed to have feelings. We're here on earth. We are supposed to experience our feelings, but what becomes a detriment to your mental, physical, and spiritual health is if you live in that place of anger, if you live in that place of hate, if you live in that vindictive space, so really forgiveness is not only a mindset, it's good for your mental health. Because if you are stewing in something that happened in the past or projecting into the future, you're not living in the moment of now and you're not allowing yourself a full, more joyful or peaceful earth existence. 
Are you still thinking or are you? Did you I'm just more? letting you respond. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. Um, it's funny. It makes me think of what was it I was thinking? That, um, and, and this is where I've come to on my own um, responses to things is that to be angry, to be sad, to be even jealous, whatever, they are what they are. They are moments. They are being alive doesn't mean you're numb to, to the world around you, you know. But where where I have found it's important is that when that, that res understandable response has happened, then your set point, the point you go back to, is one that has accumulated wisdom and compassion and kindness and whatever so that you know you that you you have to i find that i need to i will cry i will get angry whatever but then coming back it's like i want to again resume a state of mind that is moving towards a state of grace i love that so your inspiration your respect your reverence your motivation to share the march on washington with us and the gratitude i have for the song and the music video i want to make sure i really give you a chance to you've done it in your music you've done it in the march you've done it in the show but i want to make sure there's anything else you'd like to say here on mlk day that that you get a chance to uh, just again, I am I am so honored and and truly humbled by by this having this this time to discuss this. Um, you know, never in my wildest dreams did I I think that I would be sort of in public voicing these things because I've been a a pretty quiet fellow um, in my own studio creating books and music and, and paintings and poems and whatever came around. Um, but I would only share it with a few people. It wasn't, I wasn't ready to go sort of public the way this is. Um, so my love for this man will, has, has just been wonderful. Also, I have to say in terms of um, a new kind of hero for me, um, I was raised on TV heroes, basically, uh, good guys, peace, punch them out, you know, uh, and suddenly I found with, with Dr. King was a new kind of American hero, uh, as a male. Um, and it was like strength without force, peacefulness without surrender, leadership without ego, um, and so just on that aspect, aside from all the other effects, wonderful effects he's created on humanity and for, um, the color and the, the racial divide, um, I'm just, uh, I'm stunned that I'm here talking to you about all this. And, and I just hope everyone, um, enjoys the day, remembers the man, uh, who I cherish. Thomas, thank you. Your written word in our interview on your book, The Karma Factor, 
introduced me to your universe, your body of work, your soul DNA. And I also just want to say that it's very sacred that when I read the email and listened to your music, I was so moved that I called you and I said, hi, like how I do to Dr. Denny style. You're like, oh no, you're getting a call. What does she want to do a show? And so I just want to um, take a, a reverent acknowledgement. Thank you for trusting me and spending time talking about this and letting everyone have a window into your perspective and your soul and your body of work. Thank you. Okay, everyone. I'm sending love, light, and peace and let the love and the compassion and the kindness and the wisdom of Martin Luther King Jr. live in our hearts today and always. And Thomas, I look forward to having you back on the show in the near future. Thank you so much. Good luck to all. And where can everyone find you? Um, probably the best way is the website. Um, strangely enough, it's called thomaslane.com. Wow. I can't believe you got that. Can you believe that? <laughs> I mean, it's just so incredible. But um, yeah, I'm sure I got all kinds of stuff going on there. Okay. And we're going to hear more. Thanks everyone. Happy Thanks. MLK day. Thank you. Thanks, Thomas. Bye-bye.